Hey everyone, welcome to the We'll See You in Hell podcast, now a part of the Fangoria Podcast Network. For more information about the network, including other programs, how to follow the show, and find past episodes of We'll See You in Hell, please visit Fangoria.com. Now, on with the show. And on with the Joe. Hi, Joe DeRosa. <laughs> how are you? I'm good. Uh, it's good to see you. It's been about a month since I've seen you and a month since we don't turn it on now, because before we started recording this thing, I said to you, you know, Pat, I haven't seen you in a month. I'm happy to see you. You look like you could care less that I'm even standing here. Don't don't you dare turn it on now for the fans. Um, I think it's important that they think, you know, we're like parents with, uh, you know, the children can't know the friction between mom and dad. We need them to think that things are OK. Yeah, you're, you are right. I, I want to let it out now, but we should save it for the autobiography. <laughs> you know, we didn't get along. We wouldn't speak for months at a time, except for when we were recorded. If I don't jump into Joe's arms like, uh, you know, the poster of I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, mm-hmm. then Joe uh, gets his feelings hurt. But I, I, I play it a little closer to the vest. Well, but by jumping into my arms, Pat means e- even hint at a smile. <laughs> I mean, he just walks in. He literally looks like his dog was just raped in front of him. Like, just, just, wow. just, sorry, was that too rough? Image? That was rough it would imagery. be if I had a dog. Yeah. yeah. If you'd said cat, I would have walked out, my sweet, sweet cat. I mean, you, you, you but, well, that, okay, you walk in like you just found your cat's head in the mailbox. Come on. It's some I kind just of. I told you I didn't need this. Message. I text him today. I go, hey, man. What do you say we we bar hop around my new neighborhood after we record the pod tonight? Because there's a lot of great spots. He goes, yeah, sure, that's fine. And I go, okay, cool. And I go, it'll be fun to to explore a bit. And then he writes back, explore? We're not hiking the Himalayas. I'm like, how about you say, sounds fun? Well, How about you, sounds fun? Here's the truth. Here's the truth. Uh, It's my birthday, or it was yesterday, and... I, of course, had to do a little birthday dinner with the missus, but today was going to be my birthday, Hank. I said, look, I got all these cupcakes and treats, liquor. Why don't we come by my house, smoke a little pot, have some drinks, get a big, beautiful house, ladies out of town, you know, have a nice time. I asked Joe. I asked a couple other friends. Joe's like, sounds fine. Oh, actually, you said, oh, yeah, the Red Lion's right by your house, which it isn't, A, but B, yeah, there's a bar, so there's another option than being trapped in your beautiful home. Well, let me let me just let me say so, this. Let me finish. You didn't say you didn't say let's do this. You said I'm happy to do this if you want. I said I'm happy to do whatever at this point because I the alternative is Joe comes to your house, he's on his phone checking it, and then he's like, "We got to get out of here. We got to go hit the bars." Well, it's and that's not fun because I'm sorry if I don't think it's a a a, a, a ripper on Friday night. For a bearded man to invite me to his palatial estate, <laughs> just the two of us. And Vince and other friends. <laughs> what other friends? You, you put in the initial text, not looking to have a bash here. Sounds like a real hoot, Pat. Well, I, I asked a couple other friends, but, you know, I thought that would be a real nice time. So then I knew Joe was going to hit me with, let's go to a bar instead. Well, let's go be social. Be social with who? We never talk to anyone but ourselves. Unless you're looking for something to fuck, which is probably the case. No, how <laughs> dare something to that, fuck? That's what he that's says. what it is. This is how he phrases it. That's what it. it is. We always sit in a dank corner of a bar and talk to only each other. 
until someone gets up to talk to the bartender to say, three more, please. And is it not a great time? Yeah, we'd, we would have had a great time in my house. We listened to records. I got all these new records. And, and what did I say we in the thing today? Now, we also go over to Joe's all the time to smoke and listen to, listen to music well, and drink. I, I, I put a little bit of a thing together. I no, put not, a little bit of always. a thing. I put a little bit of a How thing. How many together. times have me, you, and Vince sat over there and done nothing? Let but me you just, like that because it's your house. Let me just say and this. Your comfort. Let me zone. say this, and I said this in the goddamn text message today. You nasty bitch. <laughs> I said, I said, just for a little while we can hop around and then we can go back to your place and hang out, thinking, oh, it's a nice two-parter of a night, which is what we always do with my place. We go to bars first, then we come back here, and then Not you always. write, and then you write. Not up for a big. Late hang tonight. Well, I mean, Jesus because then here, here's what it is. You go out till 10. You're wasted. You don't get to put it in anything. So then you're like, now I guess <laughs> as, an, stop as, a, as an afterthought, as like a final option, then, yeah, we'll go over to Pat's now. Then we show up at my house drunk. Uh, you guys are over there till 2 in the morning spilling beer on the floor. And then I got to get up at 8 to Why do, do man you get things. up at 8? I got a I got a home repair tomorrow. I'm a, that I, you're doing. I got to keep that palatial estate in order. No, I'm not doing it. But I have to let the people. You have to in. let the guy in at 8 a.m. This is this is the big thing. And then I have other things to do that I cannot discuss on this. That's podcast, fine. But, but yeah, I told you, you, you what they you are. You can't be a little hungover. Let the guy in at eight. Sleep for two more hours. Then go run your errands. You I can't don't do that. I, I don't. I'm not letting my beautiful home be a be a second or third choice because you couldn't get laid. I'm not doing it's it. It's not. First of all, I just want to point out how many times you've referred to women as things. That's how you refer. No, 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 no. That's what you just said. That's you not said how I'm because you didn't get to put it in anything. Yeah, that's what I meant because we're 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 heading the uh, the bar skank crowd. So now every woman that goes to a bar is a skank. What yeah, is this? The twenties? That, that's what I said. Every woman that goes to a bar is a skank. <laughs> listen, any, any woman that's going home with Joe from a bar is probably a skank. I listen. First of all, please don't make me sound like some kind of goddamn gigolo working the circuit for a couple of dollars on a Friday night. Joe has been added to the cast of Showtime's Gigolos. I am all I all, all I was saying was it's fun to go. It's Friday night. It's fun to go out a bit on the town. But it's my and birthday. It was you know? your birthday yesterday, and you chose to spend it. Well, with I did your not girlfriend. receive a happy birthday from you until today, I've so I'm counting I, that as my I, I, my I've, version of your. I've never your received a happy birthday, birthday from you. You want to? I get don't into know this? when your birthday is. You want to get into it? <laughs> I told you when my birthday is. It's no, coming you, up on you Thursday. You know when mine is because I invite you to the party I have every year, and you never say happy birthday. You don't even come to the party sometimes. I've certainly said happy birthday. I've given you gifts before. I don't know when you've your never given me a birthday. I'll gift. put it on my calendar. You gave, you gave me Christmas gifts, and I gave you a Christmas gift this year, and I've given you Christmas Jesus gifts in the past. Here's my point. Fine, it's your birthday. We can go. How to about your when place. I upgraded it, us at the Black Sabbath show? That was really great. Get us down on the that floor. That was really great. Final show of Black Sabbath. That was Make really that a great. birthday gift. No, listen, that's fine. That's fine. Jesus Do me a favor. Christ. Do you want to rub paycheck stubs in my face right now? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yes. <laughs> Let me go grab one. Look, if you really want to go to your place tonight, we can go to your place. Okay. Now, now the offer is off the table. Why? Why can't we go out? I said happy hour drinks. Why is that so when bad you, uh, to uh, precursor offer someone to your house and they're like, yeah, let's go to a bar, though. Let's explore. Guess what? I had a, I had a little uh, get together on New Year's Eve. Okay. Guess what I suggested we do beforehand? Let's go to a happy hour for it's fun to go to a happy hour, then go back to the house. Here's here's what I don't like. Offering people to my beautiful house, getting getting proposed other options, 
and here's what I really don't like, which is not not something you've done here, but it's a similar thing. I did this to a buddy of mine the other night. Hey, do you want to hang out? This was in Missouri, by the way, where like, you know, I'm I, I, I'm in town. I'm visiting. You want to hang out? Who else is going to be there? That to me is like our friendship is over. I take it so Look. I take it so badly, and I shouldn't perhaps. But don't say who else is going to be there because that means you're not enough. Let me tell and you, and that's how I feel. Your your beautiful home is not enough. Let for me, me tell tonight. you what's bugging me about you right now. All right. For 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 years, this guy has has thrown his big Vegas dick in my in my face. <laughs> how great Vegas is! How he goes, he wins all this money out there, it's and a, asked you to go several times. It's a well. great time and everything. I finally get a gig in Vegas. I call him up. I go, Pat. I got a gig in Vegas. It's it's one night, maybe two. Come with me, please. So it, it, we'll have fun. He goes, I can't go. You know why I can't go, everybody? Because this fucking psycho went to Vegas. <laughs> Two times within a week and a half of each other. One of those times for six days. I don't know what kind of lunatic goes to Vegas for six days. And then it was four that, days. Before that, he texts me. Total. He texts me about a, a, a casino bitching uh, that they're not comping him a room or something. Also not true. And I said, I said that's why I hate Vegas. They got, they got, the, they got no class. Some joke or whatever. And then he writes back, "I'm not in Vegas yet. I'm in St. Louis." You couldn't wait till you got to Vegas to gamble. You had to go gamble in St. Louis and then go down to Vegas for the second time in a, in a week yeah, and a half. Span. It was too much. That's what I'm saying to you. You're, you're right there. Well, I needed you this time. The, the truth is I was already going on New Year's Eve with my lovely girlfriend. We had plans to go and have fun. The room was booked. We we're going to go see. And we did see the weekend who performed for 45 minutes on December 30th. While the crowd's like still getting drinks, he's done. And that's what you get for going to see The weekend. It was infuriating. No, because he's been amazing in the past. But now that he's huge, he's like, fuck you. And it really pissed right. me off. Then I go see Elton John, who's been doing it since my parents were kids. And he gives the best fucking show I've ever now, seen. Now, I saw Elton One John. Of. Let's, One of. Let's get on the same great. page for a minute here. I saw Elton John two summers ago. It was, again, as you just said, one of the best shows I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it was incredible. He came out, opened with the bitches back. He which, did this night as well. Uh, and then right into Benny and the Jets. So, so he must have been doing the same set. Yeah. Hit the, hit the first piano chord of Benny and the Jets. The place went fucking berserk. Yeah. Stood up. Yes. Like, give me some more. Did he do the thing where he pounds the top of the piano, like, cheer louder? Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Then he's like, now I'm going to play a 12-minute song about the plight of the Native American. And I was like, okay. And that was great. What was that song? He, he was, didn't do that. I guess one. he was peppering in some old, you know, obscurities, and then he fucking closed with "Circle of Life." Oh, see, I was thrilled. He left that out of the set. No, I was happy. I I wouldn't have been happy with "Can You Feel the Love Tonight." I was happy with "Circle of Life." He, uh, I he saw, him, I saw him at the Outside Lands Festival, which is a, yeah. was one of your hipper music I've festivals. He left out all the Disney bullshit. Yeah, he went straight hits front to back. I mean, and played for two and a half hours, and it was non-stop hit i'm still standing yeah. i guess that's why they call it the blues yeah saturday night was made for fighting i think that was the closer yeah they know the it hits was, yeah all yeah, right it was well, a great show. you don't have to condescend that i'm enjoying a memory <laughs> let's a great get show. into it look but I, no I, no i'm not done i you, we you derailed my story this is why you haven't heard the bad santa story no, folks. this is not why we both agreed that you'd save it to the silent night deadly night episode and we both forgot to tell it in and that. then you skipped the segment you were and like let's just get to the movie because we had to get out of there and you said you agreed you said you didn't go no joe i gotta tell the story and i go no yeah. we but we forgot right, i went along with it we forgot but folks, tell the goddamn bad Santa story. Please. We had a, we had four nights in Vegas for New Year's Eve. Now my buddy sold a movie. I can get a free room there whenever I want. 
They're like, we're going to go out and celebrate. There's a three of my good buddies who I never see. I'm like, you know what? That'd be a blast. I went out. I realized as I rolled into the second Vegas trip, it was too much. I told my girlfriend, I don't want to go for a really long time, so I'm not going to go two weeks later. Now, in St. Louis, I guess I will tell you this. They have a casino there, but it's also a beautiful hotel. It's one of the nicer hotels there. I go, I'm going to go in. I call them at 6 o'clock. Can I get a room tonight? They go, sure. I show up at 945. We gave your room away. There's no more rooms. Well, to tell, the, tell them why you called in to get a room. You were gambling for many hours. Well, I had gambled there, sure. I gamble with my family. That's what but they that's like what I'm doing. Saying. You weren't just calling and saying, can I have a room? You were calling and saying, I've been gambling here. Can yeah, you yeah, cop yeah. me a room? Yes. Yeah. Can you well, that's a key part of the story. Sure. Well, you had already said that, so I, I thought they knew that. They, I said, can you cop me a room for the night? They said, sure. It's, I call them at 6. I show up at 945. They go, Mr. Walsh, we've given your room away. I drove about an hour to be there. I go, what are you talking about? They said, well, we, we gave it away. I said, I have a reservation here. That's what a reservation is. It's like the Seinfeld bed. Anyone can just take them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, what, are you, what are you saying? They go, well, our policy is at 9 o'clock, we give away the rooms if, if you're not here. I said, that policy is insane. You have a hotel room for the night. That's not a policy. Well, it is our policy. I said, where is that posted? Why was that not said to me on the phone? They go, well, they should have told you on the phone, but they didn't. Well, then it's definitely in your confirmation email. I open my email on my phone. I have four. They sent it four times, the confirmation email, for some reason. And I open it, and thank Christ, because I was waiting for it to be in there, and then I'd have to just eat it. It wasn't in the email. So I'm, I'm, I'm truly sad it wasn't in the email. Uh, no, no, I'm sad it wasn't. I would email. have been furious, but at myself because I would have been like, okay, I guess I should have read the. And I would email. be gleeful right now. I'm reading the smallest of print. I go, I go here. I've blown up the small print. I go search this email. It's not in there. She goes, Mister Walsh. I assure you, it is. I go, then please point it out to me. I hate these confrontations. Did you call her a thing? I've been in customer service. Did you call her a thing? No, she wasn't she having say, hey, sex with you. Hey, thing. She <laughs> scrolling through it, and I see her face from chin. To forehead like in a cartoon uh-huh. slowly the red rises she's got one of those rashy splotchy faces and the the rash just rises up until her face is all rash and she goes all right well it's not in this email and i go then you want to check one of the other three you sent me because they're all the same she goes i get it sir but they definitely told you on the phone i said well a second ago it was they should have told me on the phone now it's they definitely did i go i'll tell you this if i call at 6 p.m Somebody definitely should have said, you need to be here by 9 or we're giving your room away. Sure. Nobody said that or else I would have been here at 9. I'm visiting with my fucking mom because I figure I have a hotel room for the night. Right. So I can spend a little time with my mom. Yeah, you want to have a romantic evening. Yeah. You and mom in the hotel. Exactly. This is what I mean. This is why I don't want to come to your house later. These are odd hangouts that you orchestrate. I wasn't with my, my mom mother at the and casino. I are going to get a hotel home. room in the casino together. Joe, this was a hotel room for me. Just I was for at you. my mom's home alone. So you leave your loving family to go again. It's not any better. No, because well, if you want to get into my family dynamics, they go, Pat, you're welcome to stay here anytime. Then I go into the room I'm supposed to be staying in. It's covered in gift wrap. Your there's family a, actually says that. There's a you? treadmill. <laughs> yeah, there's no room for me to sleep. That's amazing. You're no, I welcome. know it's amazing. No, this no, is no. why I am the way I am. You're welcome to stay here anytime. It's for Christ's sakes. They're not. They're not I know. friends in another well, city. Once they divorce, all bets were off. And then I go to my dad's house. I got a giant uh, shelter dog attacking me. 
I'm like, this is why I'm not staying here. I scream over the dog barks as I run for my car. It's a terrible Speaking life. Speaking of dogs, is, is Khan okay over there? Is my dog okay? Because he looks dead right now. Khan's fine. He's fine. He's fine. How much has he calmed down, huh? He's calmed down. No barking, nothing. All right, listen. But that, that's that's what, what I'm saying here, folks, is the Ameristar Casino in St. Charles, Missouri, and a hotel. You have a terrible policy. I wrote a letter to them today. Did you, you know get what they're gonna a say? room? Well, no. Oh, jeez. No. I, well, I went back and stayed at my mom's house on the fucking couch. <sighs> folks. No gambling at your mom's house, I bet. Well. Except for that strip poker game she's got. Gambling going on the uh, the guy she married coming out of the bedroom wearing a pair of briefs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, tell the bad Santa story because we are we are almost twenty minutes in and we we haven't we have two all podcast right. segments to get to. Then we still have to discuss the damn movie. All right, well we can just skip the catching up and what we've missed segment. Uh, and I'll just tell you about Bad Santa too, which I saw now oh, well over a month ago, almost two months ago, folks. I go in to see Bad Santa 2. I'm by myself. Uh, I'm off. It's my first day off of work, and I'm getting ready to go do my Thanksgiving type shit. I go up to the Cheesecake Factory. I have a, a drink. I have a little time to kill. I have a second drink. I'm not proud of any of this, folks. <laughs> this is what I did. All right? <laughs> I walk into the movie. There's a nice crowd. And I... I tell you what folks i was so excited to see bad santa too i just it all just came, can i just interject it all just came together you live like a 68 year old woman from the midwest look it's not you're great. going to vegas five nights at a clip you're drinking alone at the cheesecake factory you're getting hotel rooms in st louis by yourself in casinos it's not it great. finally all makes sense it's not great it all makes sense what i what i also didn't mention folks i didn't go to vegas because i have a four-year girlfriend and joe's going for the avn awards i'm not going for the avn the awards porn awards. i'm going to do a show during the avn awards during the avn that i'm headlining okay well congrats joe <laughs> <laughs> all right a, little, a brief backstory. Bad Santa, when I saw it on Thanksgiving Day, when I had first moved to New York, I was I was Travis Bickling it up. I was doing nothing but push-ups. I spoke to no one for months, and my two best friends came out to visit, and I felt like I was born again. I was so happy to see them. And we all got wasted, and we saw the first Bad Santa, and I had never laughed so hard in my life. Still, when I watch the movie, I die laughing. I think it's an incredible comedy. I go into Bad Santa 2, I'm like, if this is half as good as Bad Santa, I'll be very happy. But I know what's going on. I know that the script was co-written by the fucking guy who did the entourage. All right? I'm concerned. I mean, what a step down. You got the Coen brothers on the first one yes. at the helm, and then you get the entourage. I mean, Un uh, Uncredited Coen brothers, but yeah, they, they apparently drastically they, well, they, rewrote they the movie. They produced it, which yeah. is a huge, you know, as then you Then know. you go from Terry Zweigoff, who is a mad genius as director, to this guy, you know, who directs a lot of, like, kind of fluff. But he's a decent director, Mark Waters, whatever. So, I go into the movie, and already I'm like, well, here we go. The row behind me has about 25 kids in it. Little kids, 10 years old. No parent anywhere. And I watch them all walk into this thing, and they're waiting for the usher to, like, turn around and sneak past him. So, this whole row is full of kids, and they are talking louder than I am talking now from the second the movie begins. So, I'm like, okay. Then the flashes begin. I look back and the kids are taking flash photography of the screen in a movie theater. So I'm getting angrier and angrier. We've all been in these situations. You want to do the Costanza thing where you go insane at them. I'm just not that kind of a person. I As kept this story unfolds, it doesn't discredit my 68-year-old no. Midwestern woman theory. Yeah, yeah, here's what I was doing. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> a lot of heavy sighs, a lot of looking over my shoulder at them. 
And these kids were just no, – no one in the theater was saying any, anything to them. They were driving me insane. So eventually I walk out. I, I go to the usher, much like a 68-year-old woman. I go, hey, man, I don't know what's going on in here, but there's 25 kids, children, in this filthy R-rated movie, and they won't shut up. And it's not whispering. They're talking. They're running around. They're punching each other. And they're taking flash photos of the screen. Can you right. please come in and throw them out or talk to them? Oh, uh, well, they shouldn't even be in there. It's all rated. Yeah, I know. You were guarding the door, but they got past you. I love how he's there. telling you that. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes, yeah, absolutely. I'll be right in there. Which already I'm like, why don't you walk in with me? Sure. So I go in. I sit down. The man never comes in. until to, I never saw him again. He never came into the theater. So I'm sitting there. I'm fuming. I'm getting anger and anger. And to make matters worse, folks, my very brief review of Bad Santa 2 is that it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And uh, my buddy Derek Waters, who I do the Drunk Histories with, had raved about it. I was hammer texting him when I got out like, you, you're on the payroll. You couldn't have liked this movie. He's the only person I've talked to who enjoyed it. But I had a strong recommendation on top of being excited. And this movie is so fucking terrible. So terrible. The villains in it, you would expect to be in a movie about like a, a dog who can talk is how bad the villains in this movie are. It's terrible. Nothing works in it. There's no funny jokes. It's a bad movie. I mean, there are funny jokes in the trailer, though. It's really that bad? In addition to those, there's nothing. So you wouldn't like it on a plane, you know? So I'm fuming. I'm getting angrier and angrier. And then the kids all stand up together. I'm like, oh, thank God they're going to get out of here. And they all walk down and sit in the front row together. Okay. And resume full-volume conversations and start taking photos of the screen. Yeah. Flash photos from the front row. So I guess they're like, hey, nobody's yelled at us. Let's take it up a notch. People had already moved to the front to get away from them. When these kids move down to the front, they start moving to the back. And something snapped in me, folks. I'm like, they're, they're terrorizing this audience. No one is saying anything, myself included. And I walked down. My hands were shaking. And I lean over the aisle. And I go, hey, shut the fuck up or get the fuck out something i've never done in my life okay right i screamed it and folks i'm not kidding when i say they all turned to me and looked so terrified that i immediately felt terrible and then the theater began applauding everyone in the theater started applauding and then i felt better and these kids got up and they were so scared that they all ran out of the theater but as they run out the okay. one punk kid in the back he goes come at me bro to me mm-hmm I ignored him, of course, and then they left. But I, I guess he was challenging me to a, to a fight, which I feel pretty confident in saying I would have won. I don't know. Now, he was a 10-year-old I mean, boy. you were drunk. <clears throat> I, was, yeah. I was buzzed. I walk back. I sit in my seat, and this woman behind me goes, thank you so much. She's like, they shouldn't even be in here. I said, you know what? That's right. They shouldn't even be in here. And then we sit down, and the rest of us for 45 minutes sat in complete silence and watched the bitter end of Bad Santa 2, which is terrible. Then the movie ends. I walk out, and waiting for me in the Americana, which is, if you're in L.A., it's like the, the Armenian Grove, but it's a big outdoor mall, very upscale. And I walk out, and the kid has waited for me outside of the theater for 45 minutes, the punk kid. And I'm like, what's going to happen here? And he goes, hey. 
I said, yes. He goes, you can't talk to little kids that way. You're an adult. You shouldn't talk to little kids that way. Did he did he say it a dash d o l t? Because that would have been my hats off to <laughs> an the adult. Kid. No, uh, you can't talk to little kids that way. You're an adult. And I said, well, you can't be in R-rated movies because you're a kid. I was talking to you like an adult because in the dark I assumed you must be an adult at an R-rated movie. He goes, well, it's not fair. You shouldn't talk to kids like that. I said. Okay, but you also shouldn't be screaming through the movie. And then I realize I'm now in public. I'm outdoors at a mall with Christmas music playing, Christmas decorations everywhere, with my hands over my head, catching myself seconds from screaming at a child again in public. And I just... No round of applause outside, I'll tell you that. No round of applause. There was moms galore staring at me, terrified. Like, what is going on here? Is this their dad? Is he going to hit this kid? Is he going to molest them? He's screaming at a child. Nobody knows what's about at an outdoor mall at Christmas time, and I stopped myself mid sentence. I took a deep breath and I walked away. And then he yelled something after me. I don't know what it was. Oh, I could take a guess at what it was. I didn't hear it, but I assure you, it wasn't nice. (laughs) But he only had the balls to yell to my back. Because his balls haven't descended yet, because he's ten. Well, he's a ten-year-old pet. And folks, uh, that's the story. And I, it's it's been greatly overhyped. But basically, the the moral of the story is I screamed at a child in public. There you have it, folks. Let's do a quick movie recap. I really think we should. Uh, what we've seen. Yeah. Uh, you watching these uh, Academy screeners we get? I am watching these Academy screeners, and I'm, I think I'm about to become a member of the Directors Guild. Okay. After having directed my special, which, by the way people february 3rd comes out it's not plug time uh on comedy central and then february i believe 7th is when the album uh comes out and you can download the special on can you stop this bouncing update thing from your computer because i know it's uh, that uh, that drives me insane and i can't focus i don't know how to stop it right now really i'm afraid if i click it it's gonna stop i i I can't right now i have to turn away from it then you have to turn away from it that adobe premiere update thing that pops up it, it makes me completely insane uh i don't what have i seen patty you see la la land there was a request for us to discuss that no no real interest in watching it Uh, i love la la land uh and it's so like sincere it seems like something that i would hate i loved it so much and i turned to my girlfriend afterwards she was like eh and i couldn't believe that somebody didn't like it and it's gotten really good reviews but so many people hate it especially like friends of mine and comedy and stuff hate it so much I feel I should watch it again um, because maybe I was wrong. I don't know, but I loved it. I thought it was great. People don't like musicals. I get that. I like musicals. I just, did, for some reason, didn't really have much of an interest in it. The weak link are, is the songs, and the singing is well, certainly that, that's subpar. That's a problem with the music. You, that's, that makes for a bad musical if the singing and the songs are the bad part. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, there's not a, a, there's not a tremendous amount of songs, and the choreography and shit was all really great. The opening scene is one for the ages. There's a big traffic jam dance number. Like in Fame. Yeah, but it, I mean, if you're going to be, you know, like arms folded, like, oh, God, they're singing again. Don't, don't see it. It's well, not no, I mean, I, I would, don't mean you. I mean, people yeah. in general. Uh, fences. I enjoyed it quite a bit. 
I did too. Just phenomenal fucking acting. Phenomenal acting from Denzel and Viola Davis. Uh, almost played. Denzel like, is maybe our best actor. He could Let's be. Let's just be honest about and, it. And Viola might be our best actress. And I'm, the only reason She's I'm putting there. the gender thing on it is so we can fairly represent both people. They were both uh, incredible. In a giant pool of actors. But yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're both incredible in it. I, I truly do think they could be the two best people out there. I agree. Uh, it was a film play, uh, you know, much like Glengarry Glen Ross is a filmed play. It doesn't bother me. It bothers some people. It felt a little stagey, sure, but uh, the acting was so great. I, I had no no qualms. You know about what part it. I loved about Fences? No. Denzel's character tells a lot of tall tales. It was it was almost like a racially motivated big fish. Yeah, I could see that. You know, I I, I enjoyed it. Of course, you don't see like witches or anything like that. Right. But uh, I did enjoy the, all the stories he told about meeting the devil and playing him in baseball and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it was a great film. Uh, I also saw, you mentioned this before, but I finally saw Sully. And uh, we talked about the 80s sitcom blow ending. Yeah. You talked about the 80s sitcom ending. <laughs> when you Aaron still have to see goes, it to believe it. Yeah. I would have done it in July and they laugh and it fades out. And I said to myself, there's no fucking way it ends like that. Yeah. That's Even ridiculous. though you knew that's how it ended. I, and I watched the thing. And sure enough. That is exactly how it, the only way it could have been more of a sitcom is if, if it freeze frame. I thought it would freeze frame. <laughs> Tom Hanks looks back at him and does one of those shaking his head laughs. Yeah. Which is like the dad on Alf. Kind and of it situation. just fades out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, last on my list, Patty, or, or uh, is uh, I finally got I got a lot of horror movies for Christmas and, we, you know, we can get into them more specifically later on another episode. But the one I really want to push is. I did get the Scream Factory uh, special edition Blu-ray of The Exorcist 3. Yes. It does have the fabled director's cut on it. It is a different movie. It is phenomenal. It is worth seeing. And the original is phenomenal, phenomenal as well. So I can't stress to you enough, as a horror fan, particularly if you're an Exorcist fan, you need to go get that Blu-ray. It's really, really tremendous. I'm going to get it. Yes. You got uh, anything else? Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen a bunch, but we, we've talked too long. Uh, last night, last night, because it's fresh in my mind, I watched Hidden Figures. That comes out uh, today in theaters, so that's a good be, one to discuss. It's supposed to be great. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's about, uh, you know, three African-American women who are helping with, uh, you know, the John Glenn astronauts, uh, NASA in the 60s. Um, it was a very straight down the middle, like Disney Channel it's rated PG. It's telling a, a great story that I had never heard of before. But it's these women who were, like, so amazing at math and yet still had to face uh, adversity because they were black. And uh, it's really great in that way. Like, it's sometimes it's great to watch a PG movie like because I never do it. Right. And I'm always like, ah, lame, lame, stupid, whatever. It, it did it with minimal schmaltz. It was a great story, very well told. Kevin Costner's great in it. Um, as kind of the the guy who's a, a toughie at first becomes a softy, and the three actresses in it: Octavia Spencer, um, uh, front the, who's who's on Empire, Taraji P Henson, right, is awesome in it, and uh, Janelle Monae, who I love as a musician, <coughs> is great in both this movie and Moonlight, and she's also unbelievably attractive. Okay. Uh, it's a great story, very well told. It's a here's what it is. Uh, I wish I had told you this before Christmas break. It's a perfect parents movie. 
Oh, okay. Where no, nobody's uncomfortable, everybody feels good. I would check it out. It's a good movie. I don't know if I had the screener before Christmas break. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I I tried to start Nocturnal Animals. I, I, I couldn't do it. It's a bad movie. You, you've talked about it. You talked about it a few episodes ago. Yeah. I couldn't do it. It, it just... The second they did that, the second they put so much focus on Amy Adams getting a paper cut, I was like, this is going to be one of these, like, dark indie drama. Th- I, I, I'm not, I don't want to do this. No. I, I just, I got a sense of it. And then my manager told me in explicit detail what plays out in the movie, and I'm glad I didn't watch it now. Yeah, and, and when you hear about it, it sounds much cooler than it is. It's, <laughs> it's not well done, I didn't think. It didn't sound cool. It sounded really depressing. Yeah. And really sad, and I'm um, glad I didn't watch it. But uh, let's talk. I also saw De Palma. Did you, you saw that? I saw it in theaters. I fucking loved it. Phenomenal. Because I love all of his fucking movies. Phenomenal. Just yeah. got Body Double in the mail. Looking forward to seeing that. Body Double is great. Real quick, new segment, and then we'll get to Rogue One. Uh, scary stuff. This is a new segment where... Um, Myself or Pat or both of us will discuss. I don't even know what this is. An item I've told you about it, and you don't run the segments by uh, the co-host. No, no, no. I ran this by you, and you said I. And this was your exact response. Love it. Let's do it. <laughs> that was your exact. <laughs> All right. Response. Let's hear what it is. It's called scary stuff. Scary stuff. This is this is horror-related material that is not necessarily a movie. Okay. So this is where we can discuss your box sets of TV shows sure. or your video games or your toys or whatever. Okay. Today I am choosing to discuss the uh, recently released, I mean, I don't know how recently released it was, but it's, you know, it was late 2016. Uh, PS4, Xbox One edition of Resident Evil 4. This is a remastered version of Resident Evil 4 uh, in all your HD glory that you could ever want. Resident Evil 4, Pat is my favorite video game of all time. Number one slot of all time. Okay. This is the greatest video game I've ever played. It is the perfect mixture of action, gore, puzzle solving. There's a level where you get trapped in a cabin and zombies are breaking through the windows and you've got to fight them off. It's just a really, really phenomenal, scary action-adventure game. It's a lot of fun. This I is a, a, a re-release of an old game or a new Well, it game? came out originally uh, for the GameCube initially okay. in uh, the early aughts. Okay. Uh, and then eventually went to the other systems. And now it, it, uh, the Resident Evil Capcom has been re-releasing some of the Resident Evil titles in, as remastered versions for the new systems. Okay. So this is Resident Evil 4 for your latest system with updated uh, graphics and HD look and everything. Uh, and Game Informer says it's pulse-pounding action. IGN says it's an absolute must-have. GameSpot says it's an amazing achievement. And Games Radar says one of the best games we've ever played. I totally agree. It's my favorite game of all time. If you love horror, even if you're tired of zombies, this you've got to play this game. It's so good. It's so, so good. Uh, Fantastic. And uh, I don't play video games. I have nothing to add. But I've seen seven of the movies at this point, and there's another one coming out. Yeah. Well, so that's scary stuff. I got it. So next time you come in, you go, hey, I played Resident Evil iPhone (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) Okay. I I just downloaded Mario Go. Is that scary enough for you? No. Okay. But I I would. I hear it's fun. I think Mario Go, because our podcast, the umbrella covers fantasy uh, horror and sci-fi. I, I, yeah, I accept that. There's there's one of our our fans who is very critical. Uh, he said listening to us talk politics made him want to kill himself. 
Um, I thought actually when listening back, thought it was a very interesting conversation. I don't think that guy was a fan. I think he just started listening. Yeah. For the first time and then was like, I want to kill myself. Yeah. But today he's like, please go back to the old format. Oh, that's like maybe you could talk about horror again, which felt a little critical to me. So, well, we make it pretty evident at the top of the podcast that we're going to talk about. Yeah. A bunch of stuff. And then we're going to focus on a movie each episode. And we always do that. We We don't ever not do it. And Fangoria encompasses sci-fi, fantasy, everything else. Yes. So uh, today, look, this is just a movie that we couldn't not discuss. Yeah. It's an event film. It's got to be discussed. It falls under the the category. Star Wars story, Rogue One. Uh, Let's get into it. Uh, You know, I'll just say right off the bat, I thought it was phenomenal. I loved it. Uh, It is... In my top, I mean, at this point, you've got a lot of Star Wars movies. You do. But I'd put it into my top uh, four, I would say. Did you like it more than Force Awakens? Uh, I liked the tone of it more than Force Awakens because it was way darker and way less funny. Yeah. And only had humor in moments to have relief, which now is... there was a lot of robot humor, Joe. Well, he was the comic relief, but the, but in the way that C-3PO w- used to be, they, they used him very well. So, but... But, but that, now, if it was a Marvel movie, that level of humor would have set you off. No, I. I you in have fact, a big allegiance to Star Wars. In fact, had a Marvel movie used humor in the same way, I would say that's how you use humor. Well, Marvel I movies. We'll never know. By the way, uh, MovieWeb.com today, a movie site that I often check, uh, released uh, some information about the Doctor Strange Blu-ray, uh-huh. and it said. Uh, Thor's roommate to return in Doctor Strange Blu-ray, and it's a picture of Thor eating cereal, high-fiving his nerdy... This is the... Come on. This is the problem with Marvel. Look, I don't know Thor's salary, but he shouldn't have a roommate. So... um, I have a buddy who's uh, Adam Levine's roommate. It's like, no, Adam Levine has $20 million. How does he have a roommate? Well, maybe he just gets lonely. I guess so. Um, I thought this had just the right amount of humor to offset the fact that it was a very dark film. There will be spoilers as we talk about this. It's they're they're unavoidable. I think anybody listening to this has probably seen it. It's not like, you know. But I like Force Awakens better because it was in the it was in the traditional, you know, it's in the it's in the big trilogy canon or whatever. Yeah. And so is this, but this was about different characters and what what have you. Force Awakens, I mean the the applause uh and the excitement just did not hold a candle to this. Nobody applauded when the title card went up this time or Lucasfilm went up uh, nobody were, applauded when I saw this either kind of strange because the Force Awakens people were going fucking insane and our, all the prequels people were going insane well I think that's that's what kind of what I'm saying is like I think all of us have a potentially uh, m- more more special place in our hearts for Force Awakens because yeah. it's our childhoods up on the screen right. whereas this had some elements of that but it was truly just a much it was almost like the best case scenario if like Netflix made a Star Wars movie or like a TV show or something. Yeah, it felt to me pretty disconnected from Star Wars aside from Darth Vader. Somebody asked online, which we should check those questions. We'll do them at the end. But, uh, you know, somebody asked if we felt it had the right amount of Darth Vader. I thought Darth Vader was being used a little too sparingly until that fucking awesome scene at the end where he comes blasting in. I was like, this is awesome. So, but that for me, my uh, you you have way more love for Star Wars than I do. I prefer e- even an Indiana Jones. I prefer many things to Star Wars, but uh, for me, this movie was pretty dull, and 
not that involving and I didn't give much of a shit about anybody in it until the last 45 minutes when I was like, this is fucking awesome. And it was. It was an amazing ending to the movie. Nonstop action. Um, as far as the other stuff, I kind of didn't care. It's a lot of there's a lot of buildup through act one, acts one and two. Right. Uh, there are a lot of. I'd say if you're a Star Wars fan, there are a lot of Easter eggs in there and not even Easter eggs, just nods to things that you would appreciate as a Star Wars fan. The most important of which to me. Well, and I uh, man, I did not see this coming from a fucking mile away. I never would have guessed it in a million years. And when I saw it, I mean, I lit up. I started giggling in the theater. But when they fly to this again, major spoilers, guys. When they fly to this lava planet, and I'm like, why are they doing another lava planet? Right. That's like Mustafar in episode three. And then you see a black castle, and you realize, oh, it is Mustafar. And fucking Darth Vader has a castle on the planet where he was turned into Darth Vader, Mm -hmm. where he lost his limbs. And then they go into the castle, and it's like this fucking Sith temple, and there's a Bakta tank where he's just, his torso, all that remains of him is submerged in water, and then it gets pulled up and placed into the suit. I was going out of my fucking mind with that. I, I didn't see that coming from a mile away. So I love that. And then again, as you already mentioned, and a friend of mine, Danielle, uh, texted me today about this, uh, that that last scene, because when you get to the end of the movie and you're like, this was a lot of fun and this was very well done. Everyone's dead. But, but where the hell is Darth? What the fuck? You're not giving yeah. me any like Vader action because the scene with Vader before that is is talk is talking and it's cool, but it's just talking. And it's also no different than when he like choked somebody out back in the yeah. But then the final Vader scene and the finale of the movie is Vader not only taking out an army of fucking Republic uh, or or, uh, rebellion soldiers in like every force way you can think of. It's as he's entering the ship at the beginning of Star Wars. It's literally leading. Yeah, I, I might not have caught that, but yes, that makes it's, sense to me. It's butting right up against the beginning of Star Wars. You're right. like, this is what he does before he enters the beginning of the first Star Wars movie. Yeah, he that's kills cool. I missed that, but that's people. cool. Yeah, um, I love the the I love the surprise of the CG uh, Grand Moff Tarkin and, and young Leia. I thought it looked impeccable. I've seen so much criticism of that, and I asked Heather, who just watched all those movies a year ago, and she didn't even notice. I, I thought it looked amazing. Carrie Fisher, you know, you could you could tell, but, you know, it's it's whatever. Carrie Fisher, RIP, of course. Um, yes. And I read today that she had finished her work on Force Awakens 2. I don't know what to call that, but Force Awakens 2. Um, but apparently she had a massive role in Force Awakens 3. It was, like, mostly about her. And now they've had to scrap that entire script. Yeah, they're talking. Uh, these might be rumors, but they said they might have to cut her out of episode eight now, too, because it won't make any sense. Or something. what they're setting up won't be able to be paid. I off. hope that's not the case. I'd like yeah. to see one more Princess Leia run before before yeah. it's over. But I, I also I, underst- love, I love Carrie. If you if you can I check out it. her writing, you should do it. I watched Postcards from the Edge the other night. Um, she's a very 
She was a great lady. Wishful drinking is. Uh, did yeah. you see that? It's oh yeah, I watched. It's hilarious. That. Yeah, she's great. It's hilarious. Uh, well, look, I saw the I saw Rogue One with uh, Kurt Braunohler, our yeah. friend and comedian. Mm-hmm. And when Grand Moff Tarkin showed up, he turned to me and he goes, "Is that the same actor?" And I was like, "No, that's." <laughs> Some kind of magical rendition of Peter Cushing, who's been dead for at least 25 years. Yeah, I've seen that done a couple times. I mean, the the X-Men, when they digitally uh, de-age Patrick Stewart and them, I thought was done very well and almost seamlessly. Uh, I thought they did it well in Terminator Genesis. They did it well in Terminator Genesis, and they, they did it pretty well in uh, Sopranos, which was a crazy usage because I don't want to out. I'm going to stop because that show's too good to ruin. Well, but, here's the thing. They didn't just de-age a man in this movie. They c- brought a man back from the dead. Yeah. And it's, I guess they had an impersonator do the voice. Is that what they did? I guess so. Yeah. But, I, I, dude, they're they're really pulling out all the stops because I'm a fan of the TV show Star Wars, Star Wars Rebels, which is on Disney XD. And if you're a fan, I'm sure you watch it as well. Uh, and so this season they just teased that they're finally bringing old Obi-Wan into the mix. And... So in the mid-season trailer, they show old Obi-Wan, and when he talks, I was like, that fucking sounds exactly like Alec Guinness. Like, yeah. I don't know how they're pulling this shit off at this point. Yeah, it's I've worked crazy. on a few animated things, and that there are just people who it's like, who do you need? And they can do it. Um, I worked, I was a, a, a page at SNL back in the day, and Daryl Hammond, they would bring him 10, well, VHS tapes, if I can age myself, of... Uh, of different people that he was going to do on the show that week. He, some of them he hadn't heard of. And he would go back, watch the tape, and come out, and you could not tell the difference. It's amazing. Really? It's a gift. Now let's, uh, let's go to some of these comments about the, about the film, because I, I know he said, let's wait till the end, but uh, I, I feel like they might correspond to your criticism that the movie was a bit slow at the beginning, which I don't well, disagree with. I just think it was, I think it was necessary, and I think it was... The, the the slow portions were more enjoyable from hardcore star for for hardcore Star Wars yeah. fans. Uh, Gibbon Wizard writes, can check this person out at the Wizard Gibbon. Was it the most? Was it me or is it one of the dullest blockbusters of all time? Couldn't care less about anyone. I don't agree with that. Uh, a lot of people have said this criticism of like, well, you don't care about the characters because you can't remember their names or whatever. So here's what I have to say to that. I did I care about the that. characters. I did care about the characters. I, I really liked, and I can't remember their goddamn names either, yeah. but I liked all the characters. I thought they were really cool. I, I really well, the guy from the night of the HBO show about John Turturro's foot disease, which is a show I liked quite a bit. Jen Erso, um, that's the main girl. I thought she was great. The main girl is from uh, Theory of Everything. Yeah, and he's the guy, the, the main guy is the guy from the night of, right? Yeah, and I, and I thought they were great, but people go, were I fine. can't even remember their names. It's like, because their fucking names aren't, they're not, names aren't Frank and Mary. They have these right. fucking goofy names. They're, I can never remember anybody's names in movies, and I call them all big eyes or whatever in my mind that helps me remember them. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't that involved with any of the characters either, which is probably good because, spoiler alert, they all die. But uh, the last 45 minutes as just like an action showpiece is pretty hard to fucking argue with. It was pretty awesome. I, I Yeah, I agree with that. But for me, I would say it ranks above episode one, episode two, and, and nothing else. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it above any other movies in the, in the series. I agree that I kind of, I'm not sure if I like three more than, I, I love episode three. I think it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. 
Uh, Slow Jen, uh, potentially our biggest fan, she writes, uh, shit that I missed the window again, don't hate me, Joe, but I'm not a Star Wars person. Our wedding is off. Uh, Jen, it is. You, you, I, you, what do you mean you're not a Star Wars person? Who's talking about <laughs> Who's not a Star Wars person? Uh, but I'd love to take you on a polarizing La La Land. I like your take on the polarizing line. We already did it, That's but weird. Joe we hasn't it. watched it. And I will die if I didn't get the bad Santa story. Yep, with Jen, we check. Got you on both of those. Brian Jepson at BT Jepson. Oh, by the way, slow Jen at Roberta underscore glass. Uh, at BT Jepson writes, I didn't emotionally connect with most of the new characters. Didn't care about Jen or Cassian. Y'all, question mark. I, I, I like them both very much. I thought they were very cool characters. And I have a feeling there's going to be a lot more Jin uh, uh, fiction coming out. I'm sure they'll have books out about how she landed in the Imperial holding cell and all that stuff. Uh, I thought they were very, very, very cool. Um, uh, who, here we go. The, at the Josh underscore... At the underscore Josh underscore Brown writes, how would you feel about Leia getting the Tarkin treatment? In episode nine, I think that's what they should do. Not well, they shouldn't do it if she, if she's the the lead character, and that's what I'm getting is that she's like the biggest part of it, and that's too much to be digitally doing, especially for somebody who isn't here anymore. It's kind of sick in a way to me. I, you know, I wonder do they have to get the Im- approval of uh, Peter Cushing's family for Rogue One or something because it's weird, but you know, you, you if Harrison Ford died, they're not doing an, an Indiana Jones movie. You well, know, I, with, with a digitally altered. I I Harrison agree. Ford. I agree. It's too much. I agree, but I feel like let's say she is the. I I don't. First of all, I don't think she's going to be the lead of episode nine. I feel like Luke Skywalker is going to be the lead of episode nine. Yeah. Well, now what I read was just that she has a she has a huge role in it. Okay, so she has a huge role. Yeah. My guess is this. Couldn't you pull? Obviously, they weren't doing gigantic action sequences with Carrie Fisher. I, I would guess. Probably. And if yeah. they were, they're probably using stunt people like they do with Harrison Ford or, or Mark right. Hamill, whoever. So what I'm saying is her part can still be instrumental. Can you fill it out by having other people give exposition, stand-ins doing some things, and then having the CG? I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Or do they start episode nine with... She's dead now, you know, like that might be what they have to do. It would just speaking of dead again. Does the dog not look dead to you? I think it's just resting. I'm seeing an eye twitch. It's fine. Time. It's fine. Yeah, he's a, he's awake. All right. Uh, here's this comes from uh, uh, Dave Kamorik. I don't know how to say that at K.O.M.O.R.E.K. Kamorik. Do you think it was not enough Vader? Or just right. I thought it was not enough until I saw the last sequence, and then I thought it was just right. I agree. It was it was almost like Jaws, where you're like, "Where's this fucking shark?" And then the shark delivery was real on point. <laughs> uh, Dustin Tyler at Dustin or Tyson, excuse me, at Dustin Tyson one two three writes: Can Rogue One be the name of your next hour special? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. For How God's about Rogue sakes. Fun? Exclamation point. How about Jogue one? <laughs> That's terrible, but yes. <laughs> I I want to ask you, Joe, elephant in the room here. Uh, did you find Forrest Whitaker to be horrifically terrible in this no. as well as Arrival? Did you see Arrival? 
I didn't watch Arrival yet because Arrival to me reeks of contact. And yeah, I we we discussed that Arrival contact. Arrival is pretty dull, and uh, I don't quite understand the love for it. I thought it would be better as a as a Twilight Zone or a Black Mirror, a shorter shorter movie. But uh, let me just be clear about something. I don't give a rat's ass about a fascinating, open-minded alien visitation. No. If they're not coming and killing us and it's blood, not blood war, I don't care. Well, I, don't I love care. Close Encounters, and I remember kind of liking Contact, but Arrival left me real cold. Uh, the director I, 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 I love, and the director's doing the Blade Runner reboot. It's the guy who did Prisoners, which you and I are going to watch for this show this month. It's one of my favorite horror movies okay. of the past 10 We 10, will watch years. Prisoners, and we, we will watch the Bra- Blade Runner sequel. We'll go see it for sure. And uh, God damn it, I hate to admit it, and we should talk about this. I watched the trailer for Blade Runner 2015, whatever the fuck it's called, and it gave me chills. I got excited. It looks because awesome. Because it looks iconic, and it's awesome when Harrison Ford comes out of the shadows and goes, I used to do your job. I was good at it. Yeah. Like, it, I just got chills now, but God damn it, I'm going to hate the movie. Yeah, the guy, Denis, Denis Villeneuve or whatever, uh, going off Prisoners and to a lesser extent, Sicario, which I liked a lot. I think he's a really fucking great director, and I'm excited to see the new Blade Runner, even though I despise the other one, as we discussed on this very show Dis- a, in a dis- classic episode. It disgusts me. Yeah, it's disgusting. But <laughs> Forrest Whitaker in Arrival is... He, he's doing an accent I can't understand, and he's hamming it up so bad. Forrest Whitaker used to be a genius actor, right? Like even go, even like the Shield, the I TV still show. Think he is. He's I, so fucking great on the Shield, right? And Arrival was the first time I was like, "What am I looking at here?" He's doing a Battlefield Earth style performance, right? In this and Rogue One, right? Rogue One, I was like, "Get this motherfucker off the screen!" And apparently, he plays a bigger role in upcoming movies. I I hate no no no. Forrest Whitaker does not play a bigger role. That's what I read. No no no. He plays a he plays a big role in the Rebels TV show. Forrest Whitaker is is it animated? Yes. Oh, he's he's voicing the character. Oh, all right. That's what upcoming movies. He would be. He's like seventy in the goddamn yeah, Rogue One. I movie. didn't get the character at all, and I wanted him off the screen. See, I, now I, you know I'm glad you brought this up actually because I really liked that character, bec- and this is one of the things I really enjoyed about Rogue One. And again, this might be for hardcore Star Wars fans only. I don't know, but one of the elements I really really loved about the film was that they got into the the. Sp- uh, the, the, the the sort of intricacies of the rebellion. And I like the fact that there were different factions of the rebellion and Forrest Whitaker was the part of the rebellion. It was like the sub subgroup of the rebellion that were almost functioning like terrorists that the regular rebellion was like, these fucking guys are out of control. Yeah. And like we, they're almost our enemies. I thought that that was really cool. I thought that that got into some of the, some of the sort of socio-political uh, 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 perspectives that you would have uh, uh, with w- in in a situation like that, okay. I found that interesting. Okay. Uh, the uh, <laughs> no, you don't agree. No, I don't. I I don't know what Forrest Whitaker's been doing for the last year. No, I I'm guess. saying his character. It didn't do anything for me. Obviously, I, I didn't like his character. Right, well, <laughs> folks, that's Rogue One. I mean, <laughs> I, and overall, I give it a B plus. Yeah, I, I would feel the same. I, if if without that last third, you're talking about a C plus, but I think that the last third is is some great action movie shit. The last third, I mean, it's the greatest space battle I've ever seen in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, it, it was is awesome. A phenomenal. Oh, oh, and then I can't forget to talk about this. 
again, just j- leapt out of my seat. When, when they're going into the big final space battle and it cuts to the X-Wing cockpits and it's red leader, gold leader, and it's, it's fucking red leader and gold leader from the original movie. And it was stock footage they found from the original movie and touched it up. It, like, God damn it. That was just so good. But now, uh, where was, like, Porkins? Uh, there's the most offensive name for a fat character <laughs> in movie history. There is an argument that Porkins is in there somewhere. I didn't see Porkins. Um, I was only looking for Porkins. But I believe Porkins doesn't come into Return of the Jedi. Porkins is in Star Wars, guaranteed. Okay. Well, I don't know. Look, he's a, they had he's a big fat guy the in thing. a ship. They had they had stock footage of Red Leader and Gold Leader, and they threw it in there from the yeah. original movie, and I thought that was fucking awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, final segment of the show, Patty. Before plugs, uh, Rotten T- Tomatoes review. I always like doing this, as <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, and we already talked about nocturnal ar- animals. Uh, this review comes to us from Mara Reinstein, or Reinstein, uh, from U- uh, from Us Weekly. Okay. Somewhere in a forest, a maple tree wants all its sap back. <laughs> Damn. From nocturnal animals? Yeah. I I think that's a very funny quote, but there's not one funny thing about, uh, or there's not one sappy thing. Oh no, I'm sorry. Animals. God damn it! Sorry, sorry. Not nocturnal animals. I fuck. I was on Collateral Beauty. Oh, Collateral Beauty. Which I ke- kept confusing with Nocturnal Animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were talking Nocturnal Animals. This is Collateral Beauty. Somewhere in a forest, a maple tree once all its sat back. <laughs> That's I have good. not seen people shit on a movie. Like, I've seen people, people shit on... People really hate that Collateral Beauty, and I can't wait to see the thing because it looks so terrible. I didn't get a goddamn screener for it. No, they knew. They knew it wasn't in the, in the running when I they mean, started seeing the reviews come out. I, when I started reading the reviews, I said, let me go back and rewatch the trailer because I know I watched the trailer and I don't remember what it was. And then I was like, oh, it's this movie where Will Smith is in a diner and Helen Mirren shows up and she's like, I am hope. Yeah, it's a the grieving, emotion, hope, a grieving <laughs> father. Uh, uh, his daughter dies and he writes letters to death, love and hope. Oh, God. And they, they respond. So Helen Mirren's like. Did somebody say you were looking for for health or for hope? Well, she's death, right? She's death. Yeah. Kira Knightley's love, truly embarrassing. It's it's a real truly shit embarrassing. Show. <laughs> Anything uh, to plug, Patty? Um, no, no. I I, I I'm doing my thing, doing my thing. Well, so if you, if you want to see me do my thing, uh, check out my webcam. The Patrick Walsh on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, yeah. At the Patrick Walsh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, you know, that shit. At Joe DeRosa Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, big comedy special. That's the big plug right now. You Let Me Down, February 3rd, Comedy Central, uh, hour special. I directed it and wrote it, and I perform it, obviously. Uh, and then it hits the streets uh, sometime later that week for download and whatnot. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I just wanted to add thank you all so much for your feedback on the last four. It was so much fun being on like Christmas break, and every time I logged into Twitter, seeing all these great uh, comments and, and things that you remembered from the episodes. We love reading all that shit. Absolutely. Keep coming. Thank you. Keep the five-star reviews coming. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we are looking into getting sponsorship, as always. Uh, please reach out to us or we will reach out to you and you might not even know when that's coming be be vigilant be ready that's it thanks everybody happy new year you've been listening to we'll see you in hell a presentation of the fangoria podcast network 
produced by Thomas DeFeo and executive produced by the great Ken Hanley of Fangoria Entertainment. For press opportunities, advertising inquiries, and information about We'll See You in Hell, contact Ken at Fangoria.com. You can also tweet me at the Patrick Walsh and Joe at Joe DeRosa Comedy. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>